Uh, 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 oh, God, this mountain's so uh, uh, steep. Oh, the things you have to do to get to the promised land. Jeez. Oh, jeez. I know, Nathan. No, yeah. We're nearly there, though. But I'm just coming up Whew. over the... Uh, oh, gosh. Wait, what's that glow oh. in the distance, Brenton? I don't know. I can hear that noise as well. I'll go check it out. Just wait here. Yeah, yeah, all right. No worries. Um, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Nathan. What is it? The, there's a party going on down there. Oh, what a party. That's awesome. Like, should we go? Like, that'd be awesome. Uh, no, 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 Nathan, Nathan. I mean, like, it's kind of like like, like a party party. You know what, what I'm saying? What, what do you mean, Brenton, a party party? <laughs> Just have a look. My poor Christian eyes can't handle it. What the... the- what are they doing to that calf? I don't know, Nathan, but it's not part of God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> ah. oh. Well, it'd be it'd be so great if that was happening next door as we recorded this. Or just like Brenton, what are the neighbors doing? <laughs> well, let's have a peek. There's a party going on. Oh, oh. I mean, imagine though they had like a huge like they had like a huge golden calf and like oh where someone like, there was a woman <laughs> yeah. strapped to it. Um. There was there was many activities happening. Many, and we were many just like sinful activities happening around. Yeah, there, and like. we were just like, well, what? what? Why? <laughs> you like walk into my home, like Nathan. You won't believe what's going on next door. I'm like, oh, try living next to them. Honestly, just like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> every Friday night. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Ah, welcome everyone. Welcome, 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 welcome to classic movie banter. That show where I, um, that dude Brenton and that other dude Nathan, we talk about movies that are twenty years or older. Twenty years. 20 years. 20 years, yes. gosh. Uh, and, and and that makes those films classics, hence the title Classic Movie Banter. And we talk about those films and we discuss whether they're still worth watching today. Do they? Uh, I mean, I mean, amongst we talk amongst other things as well. I mean, we that's do. why the banter is, is part of the title yeah. of this podcast. Throw a little bit of shit at each other, both metaphorically and literally sometimes. Yeah, literally. You guys don't get to see it, obviously, no. but uh, I'm like a I monkey. come prepared. Brenton says the wrong thing, I'll swing my own poop, you just wait. I just, I bring like a Ziploc bag and I just like sit and wait for the right moment and then I just start tossing. <laughs> you got this like human turns ready to go. It's just like, <laughs> Brenton, where did that shit come from? <laughs> I, I literally had my toilet uh, uninstalled from my place, like, because I don't need it anymore. <laughs> you rock up with like, you rock up with the toilet, like <laughs> you just kick down the front door and you're like, all right, I'm ready. I come in with a chamber pot and I'm just like, all right, buddy, let's go. <laughs> You throw, you throw at me a DVD copy of Emerald City. I'm like, Brenton, that's not the shit. <laughs> hey, Nathan, that, that this is the perfect segue to say, hey, we talk about these films, whether they're worth watching mm. or they're worth putting in Brenton's tramper pot. <laughs> <laughs> and they will live there for eternity. That would be great. Like when we rate films, we just say it's going to the tramper pot. And it's like... <laughs> oh. It's going to the chamber pot. It's like it's going to the chamber of secrets, but, you know, not as <laughs> not as... Not as not not as cool, and uh, there's more shit. Um, oh, so, great. Nathan, we're at episode seventy. The big seven zero, man. We're frail old men at this point, almost like our protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, hey, man, like uh, that's a bit of an illusion. If if uh, we'll allude, I guess to 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 what we're going to talk about today, because uh, if the opening gag didn't give it away. Nathan, we're here to talk about that film, The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. There we go. Which obviously must carry, you know, some religious themes, given it's called The Ten Commandments, right, Brenton? I mean, why is that obvious? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Brenton. Frankly, I thought it was talking about the banter boys' Ten Commandments. You know, the Ten Commandments we have for the show. 
Oh, I'm actually not aware of those. So would you would you care to 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 elaborate? Fuck. I set up the joke. I wasn't prepared to list ten things. And <laughs> I now kn- here I and am. I knew it as well. <laughs> I called All right, you. I'm going to do it. One, never watch Cats. Two, never watch Emerald City. Three, have a divided opinion on the castle. Four, you must kiss Willem Dafoe at the feet. Five, you need to see all three original Spider-Man films. Six, um, if you don't go on a tangent, it's probably not going to be a good episode. Seven, um, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to all of our outlets. What number up to? Eight. 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 Um, shit on a beloved movie because you're not going to be known as a good critic apparently if you don't. Um, nine, insult Brenton at one point and ten, insult Nathan even harder. There you go. There's our ten commandments. Nathan, you're a legend. Like, thanks for rolling with that. Like, I, I do appreciate <laughs> I'm like, it. Like, fuck, I didn't want to go down this sled. That's why you get paid the big bucks. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, all, all three of them. <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> love it. L- absolutely love it. I love it. But yeah, dude, Ten Commandments. What a movie, you know? After Chinatown. We're really going through the classics. Like, we're living up to what we said at Zhivago. we got to really hit those epics, right? Definitely. And I think what's good about this is because we're 70, we're like 70-year-old men. We're sitting around and we want to watch a, a classic film and we want to sit down. And, you know, we, we can't really move much, so we want to sit in one place for four hours of our lives and just, like, stay, and, just, and just stay in the one spot and just not move and enjoy a piece of entertainment. <laughs> so, hence, hence, hence why uh, this film was selected because us in our old frail age we can't you know we're, we're not as limber as we used to be you know we're not no. we're not running around the streets of sydney you know getting getting chicken burgers and you know no. well, we're still i mean we're still doing that like let's be honest but we but you know we're, we're just we're making the most of like deliveroo and uber eats you know what i'm saying like oh, we yeah. can't we can't move fuck like uh, like I, I can't I can't be doing this anymore. I'm retired. Like, why are we still doing this podcast, man? Like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> Brendan just, like, slowly as the episode progresses, he's like, wait, why am I here? <laughs> he's just like, wait a minute, I can just get up and leave. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> I won't be seeing you next week. But, but, Brendan, before you go, you need a pitch to our listeners, the movie The Ten Commandments. So, Nathan, before we started the episode today, I, I brought up something which I thought was actually kind of hilarious, and that was the fact that not too long ago well actually it was a fair few episodes ago but that's not the point not too long ago we we reviewed another film that's 20 years old and uh 20 years Mm. or older and that is the animation that classic animation the prince of egypt which uh we from memory we both did for episode 30 so only 40 episodes ago hey man it wasn't hey man time time i've got no concept of time anymore i'm 70 no so it was even weirder for new listeners they could like listen to prince of egypt and immediately listen to this as well but you came up with the fun idea of just inserting my pitch for the prince of egypt (laughs) into this episode for fun now i don't know if we'll end up doing that in the edit because it could be hilarious but if you decide to do it if you decide to do it now is the time so uh i'm going to start pitching now okay okay and then we'll add another sound effect of a round of applause uh followed by a woo 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 and then uh brenton if i don't do it for whatever reason exactly (laughs) um so the 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 applause stops uh i take a deep breath i exhale and i say okay nathan have you ever heard of the bible You've actually memorized your original pitch for Egypt. That's what's going on. Have I heard of the Bible? Um, I think I have. I want to say yes. It's that free book that's in every hotel, isn't it? Yeah, mate. Have, do you do you carry one on you at all times? Um, I wouldn't say. 
I I do, frankly. What? I oh wait, no, I do. I like. I do have a Bible app on my phone. I can't remember wonderful. why, but I do. Actually, I do actually carry it on me. There you go. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful. So then that proceeds to the next question. You obviously know the story of Exodus. Yes, I've seen the amazing Ridley Scott film from 2014. Well, Nathan, the pitch is done because the Ten Commandments <laughs> is the Exodus storyline from the Bible, uh, my friend. Like, like how, how incredible. Okay, so imagine, imagine Brenton, since we're in the 50s, I want to say, that, yeah. I have, that I am... Um, I don't know. I live under a rock, quite literally, and I've never heard of the Exodus story. Who's in it? What's it about? What is the Red Sea, this geographical location? Firstly, and don't answer this question, are you Patrick Starr? And secondly... um, (laughs) secondly, I won't answer it. Secondly, uh, Exodus follows the story of one Moses who... uh, who is living? He's living his days in Egypt, but you know. I wonder if we he... remember the name Moses in this film. I wonder if they'll ever say his name. I'm not sure. I think it was. It was hard to remember, to be honest. Hard to recall. Mm. I had to. I had to look it up. I had to open the <laughs> open open the ye old book and and have a quick squeeze. No, but Moses is born uh, to a Hebrew family that are slaves, and uh, mm. uh, Fer- uh, Pharaoh. Uh, Ramses the first uh, gives out the order that he wants uh, a bunch of kitties killed from the sl- from <laughs> from the slavers. He does basically he doesn't he don't want no. <laughs> That's exactly his words. Kill all the kitties. He he don't know he don't want no uprising, and uh, so yeah and so uh, Moses's biological mother goes oh shit and decides to take her baby, <laughs> put it in a basket and do anything a normal parent would do and just, like, fucking push it off into the river, you know, float it away. <laughs> uh, and by chance, that basket is then obtained by uh, the pharaoh's sister, mm. who then, who is, um, you know, she can't, she's not having any kitties, Nathan. It's very sad oh, for her. No. And so she opens the basket and goes, fuck, uh, this is my son now. And <laughs> <laughs> the reaction that any other human would have in that scenario. This is this is this is this is really funny to set up because like part of me is just gonna like tell the whole story now, but then the other part's like no, I can't spoil it still for whatever reason. You can't so, spoil this thousands of years old story. Exactly. So what I'm gonna say is is that Moses is then raised as a prince of Egypt alongside his brother mm. Ramses the uh, second, and they have Ramses Junior as they call him in the schoolyard. That's that's oh he's a naughty boy. Ramy Junior he was. <laughs> oh, he was a bully from start to finish. Mate, he's the king. Of the crop in the in the in, in the in the preschool, uh, you don't want to verse him at handball. He'll get you executed, mate. You don't want to come across that kid in the sand pit. He'll fucking throw sand in your eyes. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kick some dirt in your eye. So, so. <laughs> Sorry, great reference. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Oh, you got me good. Oh god. Oh god. I'm not Topher Grace. All right. So let's continue. <laughs> so 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 basically, they're raised alongside each other, and in this film, they kind of interpret that relationship that there's like a, a kind of competitive relationship in the sense that who the fuck's going to be crowned pharaoh? Is it going to be you know uh, Ramses the first biological son or this Moses dude? You know, and so mm-hmm. so this film uh, follows follows Moses. On his on his journey through ancient Egypt. There you go. Okay. Wow. You're really selling me on this story, Brenton. I like watching it all. Some 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 religious figure going about. Oh, why Egypt. is it called the Ten Commandments? You won't find out ten minutes before this thing ends. So just. Oh. Just, okay. Just, is it just, deliberate? Like exactly ten minutes before this thing ends? Like did I you look at the time code. I don't think so. I think it's around fifteen minutes. If I'm being honest. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Before. But the they're like, ends. well, we can't call it fifteen commandments because they're like, <laughs> there's there's only ten. But they're like, people will round it up. Don't worry. It's all good. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, round it down, sorry, I should say, yeah. But round, round it up in the sense of, like, because there's 10 minutes less of the film. So if there's 15 minutes, le- minif- minutes left, you'd, like, you'd, you'd go up because then it's... Did I make any sense? Brandon, I just... You do you, mate. Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that that terrible pitch is done... Um, I like that pitch, Brandon. I mean, I, I, I you know, that, I would, as a producer, I would give you some money to make this film because who are you again? You who you made this? Cecile? Oh yeah, that's right. This is Cecile B. DeMille. You're like yeah, one of the founding fathers of cinema, mate. You're yeah, you're a big shot Hollywood director. Here's the thing: what I need, though, I know you're gonna give me some money, but I need you to really splash some cash, man. I want to oh. use. I want to like be using like um like thousands you know like thousands of like extras and actors and, and people like oh, like, wow. like like you know like like probably past the 10,000 mark you know what i mean of people and i need i need some animals as well in there as well like i i need i need everyone everyone's going to be in this movie dude so like okay, give, wow you got to splash the cash you know what i'm saying that's okay i'm paramount or mgm or some fucking studio i'll i'll do it i'll give you that money cuz hopefully this movie will make some money i mean i hope so too because you know i'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of throwing all my eggs in one basket, if you know what I'm You're saying. Kind of all right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Nathan, <laughs> Brenton, I want to I want to start us off by making a disclaimer, which I think we did the same thing for Egypt for, is that we're going to talk about this movie, which is obviously based on a religious text or several religious texts, and we're going to talk about it as a movie, which means. When we praise it like a movie, we praise it like a movie. And when we shit on it as a movie, we shit on it as a movie. So Are you saying that there's like gonna be some plot holes or something in your in your in your review and you're gonna like point them out or something and you know Mate, there's gonna be some fucking plot crevasses in my discussion. Oh <laughs> Radio. Radio. Well I can't wait to get into it. So Nathan, th- thanks for the di- disclaimer. It it is warranted, uh, I feel in this case. What do you think? Despite saying that, Brendan, I had a good time with this movie. You know what's weird, Nathan? Like, you know what's weird yes. about what you just said is that what is just weird because about that? because this movie has its issues. It's it's oh it's of its time. There is a, mm. there's a bunch of white people that are playing you know characters in in in, in Egypt and you know who are literally painted orange, literally literally painted orange, and there's problems with that. Obviously, that it that stick out mm. like a sore thumb. You know, there's problems probably in terms of the length of the film, in terms of, like, if you're going to just sit down and watch it in one go, you'd be like, yeah, well, it's a long watch or whatever, and, you know. You go bonkers. There's also some, like, effects that probably don't hold up today, and you... you oh, we'll get you, to you, that. Respect, <laughs> you, res- you respect it for the, the time it's made, but at the same moment, I feel kind of like, you know, the devil on my shoulders, like, you still had a good time. <laughs> like, <you're> like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. Man. Like little devil cronkers, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like some stilted dialogue as well, some stilted performances, but like still, oh still like, dude, like for a four hour epic, I was into it. Like, I thought it was good. Yeah, me too. And I was so ready for it to be shit. Me too. Like I was so, especially after watching Prince of Egypt, because like, because Prince of Egypt is like the, the, like the succinct version of this story. Totally. And like, and it's fun, and there's songs, and there's it's still like the same shit. Yeah, dude. But with this one, it's like it's funny we did Prince of Egypt before this one because I'm like this is this works so much better live action. Yeah, I was like it, like this story seeing like th- this like the epic scale of it. I'm like fuck yeah, I like I was so getting around it, and like I was so blatantly surprised how like good the pacing was for a four hour film. Like it's long, but like. I don't think anything... There is a couple of things I would cut out, but, like, I wasn't going, like... I know. I was probably having a better time with this than I did Javago controversy. Yeah, I think, I think um, in terms of its pacing and its... Um, 
in terms of investment, yeah, I'd, I probably agree. Um, um, like I, in the sense of, uh, yeah, I th- I think that uh, to watch it, like to just sit down and have a watch, like I think Zhivago is probably you have to put more effort in, I guess, to to really get the most out of that mm. film. Whereas this, you just like put it on, and it's kind of this this film is literally something I'd imagine like back in the day when I'd go to my great grandparents' place and we'd you'd pop out on a film mm. and you just sit there for for four hours and have a watch and still like enjoy it and. Um, have a good time. Um, uh, to continue on that point, though, uh, I was questioning myself uh, at, a, at, at when this film finished. I wasn't sure how I felt about it because I was like, uh, as I said, like the devil on my shoulder was like, but you still had a good time. There's all these issues with it. But uh, mm. on top of that, like, and then I was thinking, is it because like out of all the biblical stories that exist, I'd say Exodus is probably my fave. Like, it's probably the best because it's the one where like God is like batshit insane. <laughs> Like, like he, like he has like the, I'll say that in the podcast because like he is like it's like like he's had the Jews be slaves for God knows how long like literally and like his solution to this convoluted mess is that he'll send Moses out and like every, uh, yeah I'll avoid spoilers for this but he'll send Moses out to like spread his word Moses will essentially like fail and then God is like you know what I'm gonna just torment these people with like weird convoluted ways of like nature versus man and then still have to clean up the mess by the end of the movie you know what i mean i do know what you mean i mean like i i, I get what you're saying um there's also there's another case like the what the the thing i have about that is there's a there's a point in the film and i can't get into it because of spoilers but there's there's something there's something that yeah. you know there's a punishment that god hands out for a, a certain act that happens towards the end of this film and you're like whoa that's like that's pretty full on you're like well that's the thing like watching the prince of egypt i was scared that this movie was going to be repetitive and i'm like no this works so much better than prince of egypt because you see like the dark shit that happens in this movie and you're like jeez this is horrifying yes and no yes and no and i don't i don't want to get into a oh. like a comparison between prince of egypt right now but uh I'd rather do that towards the end of the show just because we can talk about scenes and sequences that, you know, stood out to us. I mean, like, because this film itself, like, because of its technical limitations, it can't show you, like, the nitty-gritty of some things that happens and it cuts... It cuts the visualization mm. of some of the the plagues, let's say that that happens. Oh yeah, film. we'll talk about but, that. Um, spoilers too. But <laughs> uh, at the same time, like I think obviously both films have their strengths and weaknesses. Um, speaking about this film's strengths, like as much as like I said, like I mentioned before, that like the stilted performances and like that acting style, which is very classic, and you know I will talk like this and express mm. like this. Uh, it's it still kind of gets yeah. you, like like not really. It's still it's still yeah. You know. I do like that. I do like that all the actors sound like English classic. Not all of them. Actors. There's some Americans like, in there, and you're like, and, oh, and you're yeah, like, yeah, not all of them. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> should we talk about? Let's talk about Charlie Hessen as Dude, Moses. it's what really interesting because, uh, let's yeah, let's get into this. Let's get into Moses as a character as well because look, Charles Heston starts oh, off, yeah. and you know, we meet this uh, Egyptian prince that is like that is that is uh, charismatic. That's very much like a ladies, like a ladies man. Jeez. Every woman alive is throwing. Remember when I thought Zhivago was like had a, like easy pickings. Like Moses yeah, is like the player. He's of, like of he's all like time. he's got he's he's like a you know he's got he's got the moves with the ladies I guess. And then on top of that, uh, he he's 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 just really good at everything he does. Like he's very wise as a as a leader as a prince and mm. and uh, he's a, a problem solver and fixing a lot of problems in the kingdom. Now, <laughs> no, I am. Gosh, I'd hire him. I'd hire him. Um, oh, I'd hire Moses too. But 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 my point is, is that like so that side of the character, I think like Charles has got like a 
you know, he brings he he brings like a, uh, a sense of the character. That, yeah, yeah, he, he brings does. His own like, game. He brings like a sense of that character that you like invested in and whatnot. Then an event happens, and uh, there's a sudden character change that we start. We stop by really, I guess, uh, uh, investigating the man that is Moses, and more so the. There's an event that happens, and it literally, physically, and emotionally. And it's like, okay, the equivalent is, and spoil. Oh, yeah, it really does physically change him, and it's so fucking stupid when it does. For this, I would say is, um, and spoilers for Game of Thrones. If you were if you were watching Game of Thrones and you were invested in the <laughs> brand storyline for whatever reason, and uh, you know you're really into it and you really liked his character, or whatever, and then there's an episode in that where there's a there's a sudden uh-huh. shift, there's an event that happens, and there's a sudden shift from it, and he's suddenly like this new different person that is like, and there's no rem- uh, remnants yeah. of what what he once was. That's what happens to Moses in this film at a point, and so he becomes this very stoic. It's like it's like a completely different character, essentially. Like it's almost like God going from Old Testament to New Testament. <laughs> so yeah, there's mm. a, there's a massive change in there, and I kind of still appreciate the performance for what it is. But like one of my things I was thinking about this mm. is that, and uh, I think Prince of Egypt even did this better, was that they really investigated the man, and even though that there is some um, there's some elements in this film that are I guess are mystical that are biblical you know, uh, that it still was grounded, I think, ancient uh, uh, Prince of Egypt and and was really still investigating the character of Moses and, and whether there was, a, you know, questions that, ha- that 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 character had to ask of themselves and of the situation and of what was happening, um, which made it a bit more interesting, mm. I guess, with that character. Uh, but in saying that, it's still it's still again entertaining and um, and interesting, I guess, to watch. So I do like what they did with him. Like I don't know, I still think that he's like way too perfect in this movie. Like there's no tension for the man. Essentially, I guess because you know the story so well that you know what's going to happen. So I wasn't really holding my breath for Moses at any point. So like I think I think what made the, the movie rob of its tension for me is because I watched Hell Caesar. And, like, I know how these movies were made. And as they're all standing there in the fucking, like, in the courtrooms and they're watching, like, you know, the king talk to the pharaoh, the pharaoh talk to Moses and that kind of shit. Like, I just can't help but think of, like, how, you know, studio this all looks. You know, it looks as though we're literally standing on a film set that they've built Egypt. Like, there's barely any camera movement. Like, it looks as though, like, we're looking across a soundstage. I guess I get what you're saying. But at the same time, there's still a uh, majesty and a kind of... Uh, there's a nature to this that's still uh, like obviously theatrical one but two like it's so grand like you watch those like mm. sequences there's so many sequences in this film that kind of take your breath away and not so much of what the camera is doing but what behind the camera you're like holy shit like this is oh I get around that I really get around like the sweeping landscape shots we see literally thousands of people on the screen and like I'm saying the I'm saying the production design as well I'm saying like all those sets all of those extras, all those people that are like filling these spaces, it's just, oh, yeah. it's, it's quite a spectacle to look at. I become less impressed when we see those backgrounds quite literally stitched into the frame and you can see the outline around the actors. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, again, like going back to those effects and whatnot, there's, this is like, uh, this would have to be, it, it's a use of obviously like green screen, blue screen to like, that, that they're using and mm. then, um, you can I know, so it's, it's, it's crazy. Together. But hey, for the time, people would have been fucking blown. Like, their minds would have been blown. But watching this today, you're like, it sticks out like a sore thumb, those moments. Especially, especially, because oh, there's literally a scene in this where it will show uh, one side, uh, 
you know, one side of the shot basically is um, there's a conversation happening between two characters and it'll show one side and this one character and the background is stitched in, like the landscape stitched in. And then it goes back to the mm. other person that's on location, obviously, and it's just got the landscape behind them. And so <laughs> it's yeah, so obvious, so isn't you're it? Like, well, that's just a bit distracting in that sense. Um, yeah. So I'm, I, I, I agree with that as well. Yeah. It's. Um, at the same time, though, like I, I, another criticism I guess I have for the film, and it's not a huge one, but in terms of uh, the the soundtrack, the score for this film, I find it a little bit derivative and uh, and boring almost. It's uh, yeah. it, it's kind of very stereotypical and just kind of it hits its beats. It's doing what it needs to do, but um, especially if you've seen Lawrence of Arabia, I found a lot of I, again I haven't seen that film, but uh, when you talk about the films like with the great scores, I feel like what it would have even tipped this one further over the edge would have been like imagine if this just had an amazing score to go along with it. That oh, it would have been amazing. Like it would have been great. It would have been distracting and like especially when you see those landscape shots. I'm like fuck yeah, this is what I wanted. Like. Another disclaimer I have with the film is that I'm really kind of sad I didn't watch this, I guess, in a cinema or like on a on a on the biggest screen I could find because I to, to like this yeah. to the audience, I watched this on my iPad, you know. And I still like I said, I still enjoyed the film. But like I was thinking a lot a lot of the time I was like, Man, like I wish I could just throw this on like a huge screen, like to sit in the cinema and, 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 and watch this. But how many screens are going to play Ten Commandments? Like, you know what I mean? Like, probably when we recommend for movies to people, they're probably just going to rent them on iTunes or like. Uh, and I think that's a shame. I think it's a shame that we, you know, we couldn't watch this, um, you know, in the cinema. Brenton, I want you to watch. I want you to watch Lawrence of Arabia on your phone. Okay, I want you to. I'm promise not doing me that. that, dude. That that's that's like an insult to like <laughs> that film. Like, you, you can't do that. Like, my dream <laughs> for watching Lawrence of Arabia is to go to a seventy mil screening and just like sit there and just take that shit in. Like, like literally, like take the shit in for, to my chamber pot and just like add it to the collection. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, what, speaking of shit, Brenton, the controversial. I think outside Charlton Heston, I think most of the acting is kind of shit in this movie. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, I didn't get around, like, Nifatiri or whatever her name was. I didn't get around, like... Oh, you know what I really didn't get around? The fucking side plot with Joshua The water girl, girlfriend. as I like to call her. Yeah. Yeah. Why was that in the movie? Again, it was kind of one of those those things in the film that I was, like, I was kind of into... Not totally into it, but I was, like, in, like you know, intrigued by it at right. the start. Like, when it was setting it up. And then uh, where it kind of goes, it just becomes yeah. a bit derivative and it's like not the storyline you want to be focusing on, especially when it's taking away from huge events mm. that are happening at the same time as that. And we, we go back. It's just like you could cut that shit out. And honestly, it doesn't impact the story that much. And also, the antagonists from that story, I fucking yeah, hate Yeah, that was, yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy that character totally as well. Again. Also because his name is way too similar to mine. <laughs> it's something like that. It's it's It starts with a D. I think it, I think it is Dathan or something like that. It's uh, That's so fucking stupid. Oh, you know what I also found weird? Like, yes, they're adapting the Book of Exodus. I get this. But all they ever fucking talk about is God. Like every fucking scene, every aspect of their life, all it is is God. It's like, like I'm I'm trying to connect to these characters, and you can connect to very, very, very Christian characters, but like, or whatever you would call what they were back then. But like, I feel like I I wanted to hear them talk about something else besides God. I found it so I found it just so repetitive by the end of it. It's like, yeah, God's gonna save us. Yeah, again, God, yeah. I think they hit a point where like the characters are kind of you know talk about I guess. Um, you know, other things as well. Like at the start of the film, there's other things at stake other than obviously religion. Uh, but then when obviously mm. the the religion uh, comes like a huge factor into this film and um, 
So naturally... Yeah, you know what's going to be a huge factor when the film literally opens with Cecile B. DeMille standing in front of a fucking stage to, like, you know, choreographed applause. And he's like, hey, everyone, don't sue us. (laughs) We're all trying to get along. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Nathan... I, I I don't know if I've got too much more to say really about about the film without spoiling it. Um, again, I'm I've so should we rate it? Yeah, but I I just wanted to give a heads up, and I said I'm I think this film might change actually when we get to uh, episode number eighty. I don't know. I don't, oh. I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm still very like I want to sit on this because it's a long film. It's a lot to take in from one. I've only viewed this film once. Mm. It's a lot to take in. So, but with that being said, for the moment, I'm gonna stick with my gut and give this a thumbs up because I still. You know, for the most part, like had a, a, enjoyed mm. it. Um, Elephant in the room. Do you watch this or do you watch Prince of Egypt? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I think I mm. think you hit it on the hit the nail on the head when you said that Prince of Egypt is more palatable. Mm. That being said, there's things in this that I think it's it's a different uh, style. It's a it's a it is. It's, um, I will point out some things don't translate well to live action. You know what? Ramsey's hair looks even stupider in real life as it does in the movie. <laughs> What a hairdo! Because you know, in the film, he has that fucking like, like a little like braid to the side. That's literally his whole haircut. In in live action, that shit looks fucking abysmal. Nathan, I was trying to think of other hairdos that have been like bad haircuts on the show, and then I just had this the image of <laughs> Don Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, imagine Don Cheadle with the same facial expression, but with Ramsey's haircut. Would that not be the best photo? It would. It would. It would break the internet, Nathan. Nathan, I'm oh. so glad we found like that. That was our what steals this film from uh the episode on boogie nights because that is it's it's genuinely incredible and hilarious like it sticks with you i want i want to look up those show notes right now and have a look at that shot again because it's like (laughs) i I, and i remember like seeing it for the first time and just like rolling over and just like laughing my absolute head (laughs) off jesus Oh, it's so, so good, Nathan, but we're not here to talk about Boogie no. Nights. Oh, I wish. Oh. <laughs> so, Nathan, what 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 do you think your rating is going to be today? I don't know, man. Like, uh, like I enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed it because I couldn't take this shit seriously. I, re- you know what? I really couldn't take. It's funny because the film takes itself so seriously, but I was just laughing. The oh, whole really? Time. I'm like, oh, sorry. Like, I did. I didn't realize that. So you couldn't take it seriously oh, at all. Like, um, I don't know. I'm just like the like Charles Neston. Like, I can't take him seriously as Moses, and I'm just like. He's just—he's all—he's just like, oh, I'm all important. I'm delivering God's message. I'm like, oh, it's just Charlton Heston just doing what he always does. You know, I gotta be the son of—I gotta be the messenger of God. You know, just ah, oh. dude, would 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 you know? Would we put this on a? Would you put thir- ten commandments on a th- fucking Thursday night? I wouldn't. I'd probably put on Prince of Egypt. I feel like if people, I don't know unless you're like Prince of Egypt super fans, they'd watch this movie. <laughs> I guess if you're Bible super fans and watch this movie. No, I think there's still enough in this to to enjoy it for what it is. I don't know if you put it on. That's true. I don't know if you put it on on a Thursday night. I think this is more of like a Sunday afternoon film. Oh, this is a Sunday like you know full day affair. This yeah. is like watch watch the first act, lunch in the act break, then watch in the afternoon. I don't know. People, I was reading and I'm passing it to the people. A lot of people do this for their Easter movie. So like wow, right. people really love watching this over Easter. I don't know. I think this could be a fun family film. I don't know. But yeah, even if you're not religious, I'd say. There's something to get out of it. I like it, Brenton, because this completes our list of the top 10 highest grossing films of all time adjusted for inflation. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, it's So you and I have seen all 10 now. So yeah. um, like E.T.'s like e. up there and like, I don't know what else is up there, Avengers and all that kind of shit. So um, yeah, I think that alone shows it's popular, but does it hold up in 2019? It actually does. I was expecting it to be a lot worse. 
So, <laughs> on that principle alone, for it not being as shit as it could have been, my thumb is up. Cool, man. Glad to hear it. So, Nathan, without further ado, let's get into the spoilers. Spoiling this movie. Spoiling the Ten Commandments, even though you should know them. Yeah. Do you actually know any of the Ten Commandments? Well, it's like, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not, like, commit adultery. Yeah. Thou shalt... It's funny, because they say them in the film as well. Like, we do they, do they say all of them, or do, uh, was it some of them? I can't remember. Yeah, I think they, I think they do, and they break it I, up. I can't remember, because we kept cutting back to the orgy scene, so, like, you know, like... <laughs> I really should. Do you want to do you just jump into that scene? Like, what a random fucking moment! Like, like, what the fuck is going on with this movie? Because, like, okay, there's there's so much to unpack here with this. Because for a couple of reasons. Because, like, because the whole fucking film is built upon like Moses emancipating like the Hebrews and going to the promised land, and like he does so many fucking magic tricks to prove that he's like the messenger of God and God, like you know, he's he's you know doing all the normal shit that God does. And, like, he, you know, he parts the sea, whatever the fuck it is. Like, he does the whole shabam. And they finally get there. And Moses is like, okay, I'm going to go up to a fucking mountain and buy everyone. And he goes up. And after everything that happens in the movie, they have the fucking nerve to go, oh, maybe he isn't the messenger of God. And they're like, oh, maybe he isn't the guy. And, like... All of them turn on him, like, in a second. This happens a few points. That actually happens a few points in the film. There's there's two points that yeah. they, everyone nearly stones him. And then and then this happens. Yeah, what the fuck? So, so the first one is... <laughs> and this is after he's done, like, miracles. Yeah, like, well, the first one, it's like he arrives back and uh, uh, he, he has these first initial meetings with Ramses the second. And then Ramses says, ah, oh, well, you know, uh, they're to make bricks without straw, I think it is. And then that message gets mm. out to the people and then they try to stone him and... Um, uh, he he's saved from that scenario, but then the next time it happens is like literally before um, he 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 calls down the the um, the pillar of flame and before he mm. parts the sea. But at that point, he's looks pretty at good. That, at that point, he's freed the people as well, and they all try to stone yeah. him whilst they're about to be attacked. Yeah, by the, it, at at the dead it, end. Like, whilst they're about to be attacked, so instead of like you know like you know defending themselves, they attack Moses like you fucking idiots. And then and then finally, the final nail in the coffin is uh is uh they they erect a. a a golden calf and a, a golden and statue. Why the? F- I hate that Dathan is in this movie. Why the hell is he allowed to talk at the end of the movie? Why is he given the mic and they're like, "Oh fuck you, let's make a golden calf." I also, what logic is there that like you go from like for for however long you were slaves praying to this god, and then this guy says, "Hey, let's make a fucking statue, and that's going to be equivalent to a deity." Like, like where's the logic? I don't understand. Also, they've it. been praying to this god. For four hundred years, and uh, yeah. and they've finally been set free, and I guess maybe there's a message. There's, a, I think there is a message in that. And like, as soon as you like get your freedom, there's like a there's a, there's I guess there's more there's a, there's a, there's more. Oh, it's all allegorical. The whole fucking Bible's allegorical. But, it's like... but but the point being is, Dathan is just like, why do they keep listening to this guy? But at the same time, with Dathan, like taking it back to Dathan for a second, I kind of like the idea of like this this uh, character that's like Hebrew. And uh, works his way up. You know, he's kind of the equivalent of, like, the Samuel L. Jackson character in Jane Go and Chain. Someone that's, like, worked the system mm. and, like, gotten somewhere. And then I love that it's just, like, the rugs ripped. Oh, I wish he was bloody Django one shot. I wish he was Jamie Foxx. So. Uh, I love that he's got the rug ripped out from underneath him and then he's just sent away, like, with the... And he never wanted to oh be. Oh, my like, goodness. It's, it's a wonderful moment. Um, and then, But then he still has this part in the film and he's the one that introduces this whole... Uh, let's call it scene. Um, when, when... Yeah, okay... Yeah, because I, cause I didn't get that it was an orgy at first. 
Like, I knew there was, like, sins committed, but I thought they were just, like, praising the calf. I thought that was the only sin they were drinking alcohol. But, like... Because I couldn't see anyone fucking on No, screen. there wasn't, I don't think. But I think it was, like, they were committing adultery. There was... The clothes were off, supposedly. Oh. I don't know. I was watching this going, hey, this looks pretty lit. Because I'm like, I'm trying to imagine if I was a slave for centuries. I'm like, yeah, I would fucking party now that I was Also, free. like, how did they forge this ca- this calf? Like, with, like, because I get they got all their bangles or whatever yeah. and, like, put it in. And it was like, holy crap, where are they getting, like, all this silk and, like, all of the, like, the... I know they were give. You see them get given like all the bloody as much as they can carry at the markets when they all get freed. I know they got that, but man, they carved that thing pretty yeah, fucking dude, quickly. They- and I love the chick who gets stuck up on the carve for the sacrifice, and she just looks so miserable while everyone's like having sex around her. Yeah, no, that that poor that poor person. She's um the our our favorite character, the water girl. Yeah, she's uh she's just like I'm like, why didn't they include this in the Prince of Egypt? I'm like, oh yeah, but you know what? As fucking weird as that orgy scene was, I love the way it ends because Moses fucking returns and I did not see this coming. And he and he has the Ten Commandments, arguably some of the most important historical things, you know, in, in, in Jewish history. And he fucking hurls them! <laughs> <laughs> and not the only that, they, like, explode. They're like hand grenades and they're like... They, uh, they <laughs> I had no idea the Ten Commandments were hand grenades. Is that... I really hope that happens in the Bible. I take back anything I've said against that book if that's what but I But that's the event the that actually causes like the 40 years of, of like uh, desolation and the wandering for 40 years like that because oh. God like Because the earth opens yeah. up as soon as he throws and, and, the tablets like a but boss. But God like hits back at um uh, at, at that event and, and, and Moses's uh, I guess temperament or whatever but i don't know but uh uh and and so yeah they they wander in exile for 40 years and then moses uh and this part of the story is i i think exodus has like an ending that you're just like well that sucks um any any it really doesn't doesn't go to the promised land he just kind of leads them to a point and he's like all right guys all right my wife all right my sons i'm out bye because i i in the movie i really didn't understand this because like I like like because he gives he says to Joshua you should lead the people which is why you realize Joshua's been there the whole fucking time throughout the story and I'm and my first thought was like wait a minute isn't Joshua the same age as Moses because I thought Moses was just too old and we'll get to why he looks too old soon but like I just thought, I thought Joshua was meant to be younger to be fair I didn't think they were meant to be the same yeah. age I I know that but then like, they wait, look, they yeah. look the same age but I don't think they were meant to be they do I think it's because they are the same age yeah, but but, <laughs> but I don't think they were meant to be the same age yeah. But, uh, but, um, but yeah, no, I was just, I was so confused. And then when I looked it up, apparently in the Bible or whatever the reason is, um, Moses committed a sin. Yeah. And so he wasn't allowed. That's in the it. Promised that's land. it. Like, he, really? He, he has to give up his, uh, he can't follow them to the promised land. And so, uh, do we know what the sin is? I'm sure people know, but like, uh, I want to know what it was. What did he do? Like, <laughs> in this version, like, I'm not sure what he did in this film. Was it that he chucked the Ten Commandments? Like, was that it? I really hope so. I hope that was just him in anger, just like throwing these fucking tablets and like God is like, I just made these, mate. <laughs> like, like what the hell? And then like, um, it's like, do you not see me carve? Good effect when he made the Ten Commandments. Oh, I, I love dude, that, that was great. Like the, like carving it out in flames. It was like Sauron. That was great. it. Was like Sauron making the ring. It, like, was, it was Sauron. Like, God looks like yeah. Sauron in this movie, doesn't he? Which which sends some messages, doesn't it, Brenton? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that's what Tolkien <laughs> intended, but hey, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh my god! You see him climb up to the mountain. There's fucking like Christopher Lee in white, just like <laughs> standing there, and he's like, and he's like holding an orb, and he's like, "So you want the commandments?" <laughs> yeah, man, Sauron. That 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 eye, man. Like he's like, oh. He cut to the orgy scene, and suddenly like Sauron falls from the sky, like and lands on like the car. 
But no, I thought that was great. I love like the flame and how it like strikes them and it's all in Hebrew. I thought that was really good. I thought the God effect in general was good. What did you think about the tree? Uh, look, I thought that I thought it was all great. Um, the only part I thought with like the effects for God and, and flames, I guess, the only part that looked a bit naff was when the pillar of flame comes down to block off the uh, the cavalry charge from the chariots. Yeah. yeah. That was the only bit that yeah. was like a bit, um, you know. Hey, speaking of which, we haven't spoken about Ramses the Second and uh, that performance as well. Oh my goodness! And Nefertiri, mate, who do you want to start? Nefertiri, off with? because I didn't mind her. I thought she it was she was an interesting arc in the sense of the story because she's a little bit thirsty, isn't she, Brenton? You could call her that, I guess. Some someone would you <laughs> you would definitely use that that uh, description. I but, did just uh, then, but yes. uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I thought she was like obviously because there's a there's kind of a. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it is love at the start. I guess it's like a lustful will between the two of them at the start. Mm. And um, but she like fights. Like she's a very dark character in the sense that like she just like kills that yeah. that, that slave off a off a whim. Like she gets like a half a piece of information that slave's dead. And then on top of that, um, oh, she's such an idiot as well, isn't she? God, she's so fucking dumb because like she can't hold a secret for shit like the following scene she immediately tells Moses what the secret totally. was totally uh, and also she, also she just didn't pick up like the blanket like the Hebrew blanket that was on yeah. the floor. Um, like what an idiot but, like she probably did improvise killing that lady but it's just like but oh. it's so interesting like towards the end of this film that like she's obviously like so unhappy with that situation with Ramses the second that she doesn't even like it's implied that she doesn't even love her own child but on top of that hmm she kind of becomes this Lady Macbeth type figure that is like, doesn't yeah. she though? Like, re- there probably isn't. There's probably inspiration totally, from Lady totally. Macbeth from the Bible. Oh, <laughs> Shakespeare's just watching like a copy of like Prince of Egypt. He's like, ah, Nefertiri. But yeah, it's like this. This this character is is just kind of like. Um, and unfortunately, towards the end, like that becomes Ramses the Second's undoing, in, as it's presented in this film. Which you know, I don't totally buy because I think I think I don't know if mm. Ramses the Second needed that impetus to be like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna let my people go because she told me not to or whatever, or I'm going to go kill Moses because she told me to. I think there was enough there that um, he could do it on his on his own uh, alition. But uh, you know, I, I I appreciated that she's still in the film, and I, I don't mind her performance. Mm. Ramses II, on the other hand, I I'm, I like in Prince of Egypt, uh, and I think this this way in the Exodus film with that gr- that great film with Christian Bale and um, oh, yeah. Joel, uh, Joel Edgerton. But I like it that there is more of like a connection between the two brothers, and that like there is something mm. at stake when that relationship falls apart. Uh, I also love how the film really dislikes him from exactly. the start. Like they, That's what like I mean. The film positions him as pointless. Like the father's like, you can't do shit. You can't even build a fucking city. And then he's like, but then Moses, and Moses is like the greatest human that ever lived. Totally. Yeah, I, I just would have appreciated not so much that Ramsey's uh, like it would have been cool. Like I think I think it's in Prince of Egypt. He's presented as a great warrior, but not a great thinker, and not a mm. not a great strategist, or you know, uh, not a man of the mm. people, and not someone that could necessarily lead. But I I I, I didn't love in this one that it's it, from the start. He's like, I'm gonna fuck Moses over, and I'm gonna like lie about him and and do all this shit. No, he doesn't need to do anything to fuck Moses over. Like really, like Moses gets exiled of his own undoing. Yeah, but it's it's uh I I, I kind of I think it just makes him a bit more of a of a villain as as, as opposed to. And obviously, he's the villain, but I would have Mm. appreciated some more complexity. 
Um, <laughs> because you know me, I, I like I like things being a bit more complicated. I just and I, and I and I like I like it more that there's more at stake in the relationship. So when it falls to shit, like you care about it a bit more, I guess. Yeah, hundred percent. Like. I don't know. I I didn't find it believable when, like, you know, Ramses and, and Moses have all their fucking meetings. Like, how close Moses is allowed to be next to Ramses. Like, he could, like, Moses just waltzes into the castle so many, or the palace so many fucking times. And, like, no one bats an eye. And, like, and, and or the guards let him basically stand right next to Ramses. Like, he could have a knife on him. He could stab the king. Like, My justification for that was obviously, I think there was enough trust there. Like, I don't know if it was trust or whatever. Like, it was when he was getting super close, it wasn't as, didn't make as much sense. But, um, mm. I, I think, like, the justification for allowing Moses to even stay alive is one, Nefertiri is a. Uh, is a big factor of keeping Moses alive through this whole thing with 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 her That's true. with her persuading Ramses the second, but also like I think it's more interesting again if if there's like a constant threat on the back of Ramses the second shoulder if he does execute this man like there could be a serious revolt amongst the slaves. Yeah, he knows he he says himself like we're not going to make him a martyr like he's going to stay alive like I completely agree with that and like and I love that like you see Ramses break down with every single punishment that Moses delivers to him and it's amazing like. One punishment I didn't take seriously, Brenton, was when um the staff turned to a snake. Oh, I lo- I for the time I loved that dude. Like I was so into it. Did you? Really? I was like I was like wow, like that's really great because obviously that happens, and I was like the effect is good. The effect holds up surprisingly, which I was like yeah. It was more so the event itself. Because 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 the snake because the staff turns to a snake, and I merely thought we were seeing a scene from the Dueling Club from Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> I was waiting for like <laughs> I was waiting for Ramses to be like Saya Hasiath or something shit like that what's the what's what's the line uh that malfoy says because uh, harry says you wish but what's the no no, no. scared potter s- scared potter you wish oh my god if they said that like ramsey's like scared moses and then moses is like you wish and he fucking drops the stuff and there's a snake <laughs> <laughs> but the best thing is that like his like ramsey's assistants come out with their own staffs so they also turn to snakes which I don't know how they explain that, but sure. And then, like, the snakes proceed to have this big battle, but then Cecile B. DeMille just cuts to, like, the crowd's reactions, and we never I see I love that. Battle. I love that, too. I love that there's, like, a narration going, oh, that snake is eating the other two snakes. Oh, dear. And it's, like, <laughs> because obviously you can't it's show like some it. student film level you see, shit. Like, you like, see, like, Moses' snake, like, kind of, like, I guess, like, bend its head down towards, like, one of the other snakes, like, awkwardly. <laughs> like, and it's lethargically, just, like, just, like, snipping Totally, something. and it just, like, cuts straight away to... Oh dear! Like, <laughs> oh, it ate both snakes. It's like, oh, that's so and, fucking. And then stupid. his son like, like kicks the staff. Like, oh, that's the best oh, part. I gotta talk about that as well. <laughs> like, if I'm gonna critique things, honestly, in this film, like the child actors, all of them oh, are not God. are not even close. When you saw that kid's corpse, like, I don't think you were weeping, were you, Brendan? Like, <laughs> no, no. It was more like actually that was funny. You mentioned that because there's a scene where Ramses places him on the statue of I can't remember which god it was actually. Um. Or some god. It might have been Anubis, actually, but I'm not. I, I'm not sure. Um, uh, from memory. Oh, Brenton, the Egyptolo- Egyptologist here. He's taking off his fedora and like his scarf because he's just come from Cairo. <laughs> but uh, but so the father puts him down, and the kid like moves his arm <laughs> like the dead kid. Oh my like, god! Was, really? Was, I didn't even see great. that. But there was that. There was also oh, so uh, the 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 kid playing the the little girl at the start of the film, uh, the sister. 
in like in oh, the re- like yeah. in like the stilted dialogue, you're just like, oh, and Moses's son as well. I was just like, he was the worst, actually. I think Moses's son. Oh, he was the worst. Jesus. <gasps> oh, that is something we should talk about because one, Moses's actual wife is so hot. Like, good lord. I was like, Moses, you did well, even though you left batshit crazy Nefertiti. <laughs> and then two, like, I love. I love the whole fucking sequence where Moses stumbles upon these women in the desert and they're all thirsty for him, like all six of them, and he's having none of it. <laughs> he's just he's just there to like be a good bloke and be a shepherd and these girls are fighting over him. And they literally, there's a weird dance sequence where they all vie for his attention and the father's like, hmm, which one will you sleep with? Like, it's so fucking weird. Um, it's weird, but also like, I found that sequence really weird because it kind of makes sense that they all... You know, they're all attracted to the man because, like, the first man they've seen outside of, like, their little crew, like, their family, basically, that's, you know, mm. and a, a potential... What happened to the other six? We will never no, know. No, but this is the thing with these characters is that, like, what I didn't like was that then when you introduced to them, they're all, like, one of them's got an American accent and they're all just kind of saying this shitty dialogue and I was like, oh, fucking hell, like... You know, mm. I did appreciate the character of his wife. I liked that she, uh, I guess, you know, well, she got a scene. Let's say that, like, she got, she got, she, <laughs> she got a like the actress is flipping through a page and she's like, I get one I got a scene. scene. This is By good. the way, like when she says goodbye to Moses at the end, that's also quite kind of funny. That she's like, I'll stay with you, and he's like, No, it's all good, babe. And then she's like, Okay, buddy. And then like they just fucking leave, leave each other because she. The other thing with that character is that she gets sent away by Nefertiri, uh, mm. and I was like. Well, they're gone. <laughs> they're coming back. Like, what's, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, right? it's like, and then they kind of just rock up at the end, and you're like, oh, there they are, and now oh, they're old. Okay, they're all now here. Everyone's old. They're all here. Did you get around his mother as well? I d- I did like that as well. I like that. Did you? I was really? shocked. Th- I found it ludicrous that like the woman getting crushed at the start happened to be Moses' mother. It's like really what a I, fucking I coincidence. I thought he meant like his stepmother. I thought like who was a constant character through the whole film. Oh. Uh, his biological. Mother. No, I mean like his actual mother, who's like I cannot lie in my eyes. It's like bitch, your life it gets you all this money. It's like come on. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I didn't mind that. <laughs> Nefertiri's just like 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 writing zeros on like a paycheck like <laughs> for the mother. It's like just tell me when I to stop. I thought like uh going. Yeah, the biological mother, I kind of like that, like, it's, like, per chance that he sa- he saves that woman that happens to be his mother. Like, shit like mm. that happens all the time, I think, like, in real life. not Does it? How many times have you saved your mother from a crushing it's not that, it's not. I don't mean that. I mean that there are circumstances in life, I think, that you constantly hear people that, like, knew or, like, met their real sister, brother, mother, father in a situation that they didn't even know it was them. And uh, oh. and and came across. Them. Was that a premonition from the Bible? It's like we really got to illustrate this side of humanity. No, like. no, but I, I just like there is some truth to that. That like the fate kind of like entwines people together when they're kind of meant to be entwined. Like it's 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 bizarre. Mm. Like you know, it's like last week we spoke about Chinatown, and what's bizarre about Jack Nicholson is that I'm pretty sure he was raised uh, by his. It was either his aunt or his grandmother because his actual mother was raised as his sister. Really? When did that happen in the movie? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about Jack Nicholson, the actor. Oh, like the actor yeah. himself. I'm like, I don't remember he, the He found out, this. I think, like, I think, I think really? Time did a piece on Jack and was like, he was in an interview or something and they were like, oh, we did some research on your family and, like, this person that you thought was your sister was actually your mother. And, like, because of, like, the oh, shame, geez. it was like, I don't know, I think she had him pretty young. Um, obviously, if she could be raised as his sister, but like it's that exact same scene from Chinatown where it's like totally, my sister, totally, my daughter, <laughs> yeah. And Jack's like, Jack's, oh, Jack's on set having flashbacks, like, Ugh. but like you know, I this is a personal story as well. Like my grandma, like I remember, 
was uh, went to her mother's funeral, and this man came up to her and her two other sisters and said, "Hey, I don't know if you know this, but I'm your brother." Like, Whoa. and and uh, yeah, basically, I, I was uh, I was raised by oh someone else, basically, but like in the same neighborhood and whatnot, and uh, I knew that the situation basically. Uh, well, I figured it out that um, your mother is my biological mother, and she had an affair with someone else, and uh, and Whoa. and um, and not only that, but you also have a sister that unfortunately passed away a couple years ago, and uh, yeah, like, like like that's a lot of bombs to exactly, drop at once. Like and and I like like I I feel like that's something that happens. Like and obviously more is more. Oh, of okay, well, I guess you've got that story now. So obviously, no, like, but but I I talk to people about stories like that all the time, and it's it's but what's bizarre oh. to me is like how many people have a story like that. Damn, I feel left out now. I want I want my secret family to rock up. You never know, mate. Like you. Wait a minute. Brenton pulls off his face mask. <gasps> Mother. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I was on the raised. The, uh, we, I, we raised you in the same neighborhood all the time to hide my shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine what a fucking episode that would be? Holy fuck! Jeez, like episode seventy. What a reveal! Just like, <laughs> turns out, Brenton is Nathan's mother the whole Jesus, time. Wow, how did we get there? Um, Nathan. Um, let's talk about um, speaking of age. As we, we we've been we're in our seventies, and we're speaking yeah. of age, and I guess like effects as well. Like, given we've spoken about some effects that aren't great, let's talk about <laughs> the prosthetics and how Moses <laughs> ages in this fucking film. Because because he walks up and because you know what's great about it, you, I would have never seen this coming. Like like it, it so takes you off by surprise. Because like the first time it happens, he like, goes up to the hill when he first meets God, and he comes down. With the most fake wig and beard I've ever seen in my life, and that's saying something, Brenton. And I thought that was as stupid as this. What's was funny is that it's a clear character change as well, because that's that's the point I was talking about mm. in our non-spoilers section, where he comes back as a completely different character, which is cool. Okay, plot twist: What if it is a separate character, like legitimately, like, like Moses like, is actually still up there, and they like cloned him and sent back to this other guy that like ages a lot faster yeah. or whatever than than the real Moses who's still oh. in the cave. And like at the orgy scene, they like both of the Moseses rock up at the end, and they have to try and convince the people which Moses is oh right. <laughs> and like, it becomes like a metaphor for a, like a religious schism. Like, I would so get Nathan, around that. I would love to see you write an adaption of Exodus where that's like. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah, know you what? Would, you, it would be... You but, wouldn't offend anyone, you know? like you. I would offend everyone. That's what <laughs> I'd be doing. Like, you know what? Like, it's funny. We've seen Willem Dafoe as Jesus, and I thought that was going to be as reverent as we would get on this it was, podcast. It was also like, Harvey Keitel that got you as Judas in that film. Like, let's be honest. That was like... Oh, my God. I've literally done my best to try and erase Passion of the Christ. What was it? Temptation. The Last Temptation, temptation of Christ. Yeah. Jesus. I've, literally. Like, I've tried to erase that movie... Like off my mind, and it has Willem Dafoe, and that just goes to show. Do you know what's funny, dude? Is that I had the temptation to watch that film again recently. No, you I did. didn't. Did I you was really? Because like, you liked it. You were like, I love what they do with I this character. Ca- I was like, kind of really? like interested to watch it again. I was like, yeah, I feel like watching that. And then yeah, here we are. Uh, here <laughs> we are. Uh, tell you what, I would love to see if Willem Dafoe can do Jesus. By God, could he do a good Moses? Oh my God. I, there's, a, there's a scene that I think encapsulates Willem Dafoe as Jesus in that film and it's when he like has his first it's one of his first preaching scenes where he's like he's like reaching out <laughs> to the people and he's passing on messages and, and whatnot, and he's just so kind of earnest but at the same time 
kind of nuts when he's like passing this message on and it's like that scene encapsulates mm. uh Willem Dafoe as that character for me oh I could so see Dafoe do that god he'd be great so this is the third like should we see what stills the movie yeah like let's get let's get into that that totally okay Brenton we have two stills we're we're, we're, we're spoiled for choice with Nathan I think we'll continue on what we were talking about and I'll get you to uh talk about your your contender for what steals this film <laughs> so my pick of this week what well, fucking stole this movie for me um <laughs> That's so stupid. It's like, it's so, so we've seen Moses age once. Do you think that's as old as the fucker's going to get? And then at the end of the movie, you see him getting exiled, like the final scene. And he has this like, he has this like Santa Claus, like, have you, like literally the Santa Claus, he does. like that he does. film, like that level of like cotton candy, like white But imagine, beer. imagine ima- like with the mullet as well, like the mullet that like goes back, like the long hair. Mm. And- the hair goes all the way back. But for some reason, out of all this white hair that like covers his ears, his head, his beard, he's got the most like turd looking <laughs> moustache that you could possibly imagine. Yeah, he got, the most like- He got it out of the chamber pot and just like kind of stuck it on and just kind of folded over. You know what I mean? Like- it's just, but his eye, his eye, his eyebrows are the same color as well. And there's like no, there's no oh. like from what I can see, like there's no like wrinkles or anything. It's just like <laughs> this hair. He looks like he looks like a Madame Tussauds figure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I. I just I looked at this and I, I was scared the whole film. I wasn't gonna like have something that would steal this movie. And I saw this and I'm like, this is the worst shit I've ever seen Nathan like, <laughs> Nathan, this is the last scene of the film this is what you're left with as well like <laughs> I, yeah I, I resigned and I and I and I conceded with this oh, hilarious oh man Brenton what stole this movie for you Nathan I chose uh, something that I thought really encapsulated the film for me much more elegant fuck this just shows the difference between you and me doesn't it like <laughs> Oh, by the way, these both live on YouTube if you want to totally, see these Totally, yeah. Go go see our little thumbnail there or just go check out our YouTube page. Uh, that's where we put up our stills. Uh, but um, mm. this this kind of encapsulates the film for me. And it's kind of what I was saying before in terms of its like epic scale. So, Nathan, there's a scene in this film where Pharaoh comes to interrogate Moses because Ramses II has like said some bullshit about Moses and that he's like actually going to like is building an insurrection and building an army amongst the slaves and he's going to like take him over and mm. then Pharaoh rocks up and is like what the fuck's going on the fire and rises yeah like Moses is all like well no that's not the case look at all this shit I'm doing and he like literally like erects this monument whilst they're like there <laughs> and um there's this there's this wide shot of like this monument that like kind of like is going up the hill and you see the thousands of slaves pushing it up the hills and it like falls into place and mm. like that's all obviously like fake in the back in the background you'd hope but <laughs> what's amazing about this you just look at the scale of like this and how epic the scale of this this shot is and there's so much happening there's so many people in this mm. shot and it just kind of for me is very impressive in in capturing one ancient Egypt but two just Look at all that, man! Like you just look, you just think like logistically how much prep this one shot had to get into it. Like you would have rocked up on set at like four in the morning, and like they wouldn't have started shooting to like midday just the, just to get it all. Totally, lined and up, it's you like know? you're just looking at it and you're like, this does this isn't possible. Like this isn't even real. Like, but it but it is. It's like mm. it's. But yeah. it is, and you know it's real because it's so old. So you know they can't CGI this shit. So like, it makes you go, "Wow, they really it did." Blows this. my mind. Yeah. So that this shot for me really encapsulated mm. the film. There's a few others that were similar to it, but um, but for me, yeah, like it's not so much the beauty of this shot, which there is, but it's like the intricacy of like translating everything that's happening in this scene, which is a big. I guess it's not a, mm. a huge moment in the film, but 
it's a well it is i guess in a way it's a plot point and it kind of shows you this but like with all this effort for this one little moment is just amazing yeah i kind of wish this moment happened and then it was followed by moses like turning to ramses and just giving him the bird <laughs> nathan again you should write an adaption of of exodus like, like- <laughs> yeah. I'll just write some like Seth Rogen version of just like some R-rated comedy of the Exodus, which I'm. Sur- I guess I can see why it hasn't been made because of the fucking protests that people would do for it. But like, it should happen. Nathan, you you might be the man to make this happen. It might be your passion project. Because like Monty Python had a good crack at the Bible. Life of Brian, like, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Life of Brian shits on this movie, but like I would love to see like a real just like no hard no like no one no holding back like a real like messy comedy about this. Um, Nathan. That's a well and good, but I've just got a question for you. What's that how question? How did, how did they make this making movie magic? You, Nathan, it feels so good to sing that again, dude. Like I, <laughs> I can uh, tell you missed it. This whole you've been you've been waiting now two weeks to sing. Like I opened the door tonight, and you were just and you started bursting into song. I'm like, hold it, hold it, hold it, it. hold it, Nathan. I'm gonna kick us off this week. Great. This is just because I know. I can see the glee in I, your eye as you're you about love, to tell this fact. Uh, the character of Nefer, Nefertiri um, in this film. Oh, I think I know this fact, and it's the best fucking fact um, ever. So. <laughs> is, it, is it something to do with her name? Yes, Brenda? yes. <laughs> so, so Cecile, ah! Cecile B. DeMille was uh, afraid people would make uh, some jokes about this character's name because uh, in, in histories. Uh, uh, so, so, in history, the name is actually. Nefertiti. 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 And, uh, yeah, uh, Sylvie DeMille was afraid people would make boob jokes. So, subsequently, <laughs> they changed the name to Nefertiri because, I, I guess, for, for marketing People purposes, didn't want to be like, talking about a Nefertiti. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so there you go. And I can see why people would, Brenton. Oh, really? You could see that? Yeah. I mean, I would, I've already made that joke. Yeah. Like. <laughs> People are walking out of the film going, oh, but did you see your Nefertiti's? And everyone's like, Ah, <laughs> oh, the 50s. Um, ah, the 50s. Nathan, do you have a fact? Yeah, I, I can build onto that, actually, because um, I, 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 I knew a little bit about that fact. And I found out that um, that it's actually more accurate to call the factor Nefreti- Nefertiri, because um, that was what they used initially in the ancient texts. And it actually translates to beautiful. Hey, there you go, man. But do you want to know how um, Charlton Heston won the role? I'd love to know. Oh, mate, you're going to love this. So Charlton Heston, he previously worked with Cecile B. DeMille. You know, they made The Greatest Show on Earth. But what actually won him the part was not nepotism, Brenton. It's not what you'd think. He won the part of Moses after he impressed DeMille with his knowledge of ancient Egypt. Uh, I, I guess that's the first thing you look for when you're casting Moses, you know. So so he didn't do an audition. I like to think that he just sat down with Cecile B. DeMille and he just like spurted off 20 fun facts about ancient Egypt. And then Cecile B. DeMille was like, great, you've got the part. <laughs> you're Moses. You're my Moses. And he was like, oh, <laughs> right. He knows who Ra is. <laughs> oh, Thoth, my favorite. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, another fact I have is that when Yul Bryner was told he would be playing uh, the Pharaoh Ramses II opposite Charlton Heston's Moses, and that he would be shirtless for a majority of the film, he began a rigorous weightlifting program because he didn't want to be physically overshadowed by Heston. <laughs> this, would exp- this would explain his buffer than normal physique during The King and I, the film he made just after this one. Heston ah. would let us admit that Briner gave the best performance in the film. <laughs> it was all because of those abs. 
Yeah, man. It's funny because if this movie was made today, I could imagine every fucking male like cast member would be ripped for this movie. Like for some reason, Moses would have. It'd be like Exodus, gods of Egypt. <laughs> I was gonna say that actually happened already. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Jeez, um, Brenton, do you know that there's a long-standing rumor that uh, Fidel Castro was in this movie? What? As who? So, so in Hollywood, there was a there's a, no one knows this for certain, but there's like a really circulated rumor that Fidel Castro, before he was the dictator of Cuba, Cuba, um, was an extra playing an Egyptian soldier. I mean, bizarre because that leads me on my to my next fact is that it's a distinct possibility because there were at least fourteen thousand extras and fifteen thousand animals that were used in this film. Jeez. Oh, that's right. Isn't there a scene where like the like the people and the animals are all walking through the parted Red Sea and then like the fucking ducks are like waddling through it too and they almost get run over? Yeah, dude, there's a scene as well when they're like the Exodus scene happens when they leave they're leaving Egypt and there's the guy that's like on his knees like praying or praising and there's ducks just like kinda like run into him as they're <laughs> like on their way. That's great. Those ducks, they if the, if we knew about them in our animals list, they would have made it, wouldn't they, Brenton? I know. Hey, Nathan, did you also know the orgy sequence took three weeks to film? God, why? Oh, mate, they had to get it exactly right. It, was, it must be there was a lot of extras involved there's, in that orgy. There's a, there's a lot happening. Um, There's a lot happening. In there is scene. a lot happening. Like, there's a there. lot, yeah. I remember in Charles Heston, he wrote um, in his biography um, that one of the female extras during the orgy scene shouted at the top of her lungs because they were filming for so long. She shouted, who do I have to fuck to get out of this movie? Jesus. Yeah. Good Lord. Nathan, on the back of that, I've also got a story about that scene because according to Hollywood lore, while filming the orgy sequence uh, that precedes Moses' descent from the mount, uh, with the mountain with the two stone tablets, uh, Cecile Cecile B. DeMille was perched on top top of a ladder delivering his customarily long-winded directions through a megaphone to the hundreds of extras involved in the scene. Mm. After droning onto the extras for several minutes, DeMille was distracted by one young woman who was talking to another woman standing next to her. DeMille stopped his speech and directed everyone's attention to the young woman and said, Here, DeMille said, We have a young woman whose conversation with her friend is apparently way more important than listening to instructions from her director while we are all engaged in making motion picture history perhaps the young woman perhaps the young woman would care to enlighten us all and tell us what the devil is so important that it cannot wait until after we make this shot <laughs> he did what a uh, high school teacher does when someone's talking in class it's like oh totally. do you want to share with the whole fucking class so after an embarrassed pause the young woman spoke up and boldly confessed i was just saying to my friend here that i was wondering when that bald-headed old fart is gonna call lunch <laughs> and 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 not and uh demille stared at the woman for a moment uh, paused and lifted his megaphone and shouted lunch. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Jesus, the nerve of that woman to say that. Like, wow. Totally. Oh, fantastic. I love that Cecile was just like, fuck it, let's just have lunch. Like, obviously, no one wants to be here. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, I love it, mate. Well, should we? Hey. Hey. Let's look at this film's poster, Brenton. Oh, let's have a look at it. Okay, Nathan, I got to talk about this poster for two seconds. <laughs> That's what because- the segment's for, buddy. Because, because, one, the greatest event in motion picture history, again, that's a bit presumptuous, but mm. the point is, is that, do you know, there's a certain poster we've already reviewed on this podcast that I think is a little bit similar to this one. Do you know what it is? What would it be, Brenton? Have you seen the poster for Rocky 2? I have seen the poster <laughs> for Rocky 2, Brenton. And Doesn't oh boy. Give you the vibes, like, of that? I would, oh, could you imagine there's a scene in this movie where the two of them just punch it out? 
<laughs> like, like it ends with them in a boxing ring and the fucking music plays and they just have a big old battle. This is literally like a boxing poster. Like it uh, is a boxing poster. Moses versus Ramses the second. Like here we go. Like I would so watch that movie, by the way, like a hundred percent. In saying that though, Nathan, I don't know if this is the best poster for this film. I don't think so either. Like it's it's it's, it's yeah, it's Charles Hessen and Ramses just looking at each other very, very sternly. And uh you, it already spoils the grey hair for Charles Heston, um, which I'm not Charlton Heston, which I'm not a big fan of. And like, I don't know, it's all red and yellow. Like it's it's kinda bland, like not much is going on in it. Nathan, how would you fix the poster? Okay, here's what I'd do, Brendan. What I <laughs> what I'd do is that I'd have one, everyone knows he parts the Red Sea. Like, that's not a spoiler. Everyone fucking knows it. So I would have him parting the Red Sea, and then as he does it you see him, like, turn around to the camera and give a cheeky little wink as he does. <laughs> and and you're not really sure what they're doing with this, Moses, but you're intrigued. And it's... And it's... <laughs> and it's Jack Greyhead, Charles Neston, just like, ooh. <laughs> cool. Cool. Oh, man. Good oh. lord. So, title talk, was there the Ten Commandments and the Ten Commandments? Nathan, here's the thing. I don't think this film should be called the Ten Commandments. I agree. They're barely in it. Like, why? It's like like the last thing in the film. The film uh, uh, really focuses on the Exodus story, specifically Ramses and Moses' relationship and, you know, getting the the slaves out Mm. of uh, Egypt. That's what we're focusing on. Uh, so I don't like, know what it would be. Even called. thematically, like like when you hear the actual Ten Commandments, like they don't like have many of them been broken in like the movie. It's like it's not even like thematically the Ten Commandments make a, play a huge part in this. You know, it's just no, like no, they kind of just happen at the end. It's like also they just lived in like a, a, a slave society where they were bound by the the rule and law of Egypt, and they finally escape, and it ends with just Moses rocking up, giving them some more fucking rules, like. You know what I mean? It's like back into like back into following the rules. Uh. So Nathan, what should we call this film? Um, Exodus Gods and Kings. Like <laughs> 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 um, well, we can't use. Here's the thing: this has been adapted so many fucking times, so like all the good titles have been taken. I think you nailed it on the head with the poster. I think we should just call it like Moses versus Ramses. Sure. I'm down with that. I think it works perfectly well, and I think it. I think it actually does. Well, wait. What about what about um? What do they keep calling Moses? They call him he uh the uh like what's his what's the title of like the myth oh, of like, this like person that's gonna save the, them? The one who will unite the people, like the, the yeah. But what they use like, a, they 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 use a specific word um the, the the deliverer the deliverer oh the deliverer oh, that'd be great. He just rocks up with like a FedEx box and you just <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's like the prequel to uh Castaway like. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, if he has Wilson, just like <laughs> fucking Sean Nesson with like a volleyball, like. Oh. <laughs> oh man, hey Nathan, we've had some fun here, and this God's shown His power and His might in this film. But I want to pass the power, power to the people. Let's pass it to the people. The power, passing it to the people, and tell you what, these people. They're giving all the thumbs up because the audience score is at 87 and the critic score is at 97, so... Whoa! That's a lot. Whoa. <laughs> Good God! Keep it down! Whoa! 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 Oh, my God! Uh, but Jonathan like Rosenbaum from the Chicago Reader says, With a running time of nearly four hours, Cecil B. DeMille's last feature and most extravagant blockbuster Ooh. is full of the absurdities and vulgarities one expects... 
but it isn't boring for a minute. Yeah, dude, that nailed it on the fucking head, dude. That's like that that because <laughs> it was said by a professional critic. <laughs> well, like, it, but like, it's got yeah, it's like got all these things uh, mm. it, that are absurd uh, vulgarities. I know what was really vulgar in the film, but uh, I guess the orgy scene, yeah, sure. But uh, it isn't boring for a minute. Like, and I agree. No. Like, I wasn't, I was surprised at how... Or, uh, I kind of got bored when they were being, this is going to sound real bad, I kind of got bored when they were being set free. It's like a good 20 minutes of them just all walking about, like... Yeah, but dude, like, that's what we're building to, so, like, I get it. But, I don't know, I, 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 I just get that. Like, I was so shocked at how entertained I was by this film. Like, mm. there was not a moment that I was like, oh, like... I'm really like I want to turn this off, like you no. know what I mean. And I, I was gripped it. at moments, Brenton. Absolutely gripped. I I was I watched this thing. I didn't watch it in two sittings as well. I watched it like the whole way through. I wow. smacked it out. Yeah, mate, I'm impressed with you. Well done. I'm Thanks, also Nathan. impressed with Ken Hank from Mountain Express, who gave it three out of five and wrote big, hokey, and unintentionally funny. I'm not alone. <laughs> He must have. He must have. He must have like a poster of that still that you picked on his wall as well. Just, oh like goodness. every day, he just gets up in the morning, and just goes. <laughs> I kind of. <laughs> I kind of want to stroke Charlton Heston's beard. To be honest with you, like it looks very soft and fluffy. It does, but it also. I reckon there's a lot of wax and the shit in there, man. Ooh. I reckon if you try to like, like it's because he is literally a Madame Tussauds. I hope he is. I wonder if the, imagine Charlton Heston like he gets made a statue of Madame Tussauds, and that's what they fucking choose. I reckon if you try to stroke his beard, you'd like your fingers would get stuck, and you'd have to like amputate, like to get, oh. like, to, you know what I mean? Like, yuck! It's funny because on the Gold Coast we do have that wax museum. I'm gonna ask them if like we can get one of those Charlton Heston ones installed. Yeah, but specifically him at the end of Ten Commandments. They'll be like, uh, why is this? Why does the public <laughs> need this? <laughs> and you say, uh, excuse me, why don't the public need this? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a very good point. <laughs> uh, Simon D, uh, one and a half stars. Not as preachy as I thought it would be, but at over three and a half hours long, it's hard. It's hard work to get through. It's a classic epic with some dodgy graphics, but it was the fifties after all. So fair enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not bad. Like, I don't know. I I agree that it's not as preachy. I do think it could have been a lot more. Like, I mean, it is still very self praisal of Moses, but like at the end of the day, it's not like saying, "And now you must live by the commandments." It's just like. Here's a guy who just rose up and... Yeah. Mm. Carol H. says, uh, an overlong and overrated movie. Overrated? I don't think anyone's hyping it up too much these days. Like, I don't know. Overlong? Uh, yeah, i give it that, but not too overlong. No, I... Yeah. Like Honestly, I said, like, we've sat silly. through four-hour films before, and this was nowhere near the worst. No, gosh, no. Gosh, no. no. Brenda Sykes Tucker said, my Easter tradition, I watched this movie... In full yearly. Classic. Hey, that's lovely, Brenda. I'm glad you... you, Brenda. I I think that's a nice family tradition, actually. Um, Yeah, I don't think this would make a great Easter movie. Maybe maybe we should have done this episode for Easter, but we wanted to do Epics, Brenton, so here we are. Here we are. Easter's pretty epic, though. I mean, like, you know. (laughs) When it comes to holidays, yeah, it's a good time. Um, Drone Talk 316 says, uh, Egyptians are not white. (laughs) That's a very good point. I mean, we never really addressed the whitewashing, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, what are you going to do? Like, oh, I mean, well, it's wrong. You, there's, there's plenty of things you could do, but, uh, I mean, like, it's a, it's a, I, I hate to use the phrase that it's like a, it's a, you know, it's because of its time, but it kind of is, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and there I'm are like, people of color, there are people of color in the film, but the, again, not at the rate that, like, you need them and, to, to tell this story properly. You know, one of these days we're going to get like an Exodus like film, like 
uh, translation to film that's going to have actors that are the right nationality playing oh. those roles, and it's going to be historically ac- like accurate for the time. And, yeah, um, historically with the biggest air quotes around it. <laughs> no, but I mean like for the time, like it's going to be really great presentation mm. of like ancient Egypt, and it's just going to go off. Um, and I can't I'm wait to make for that. It, Brandon. I can't wait to make that and for you to write the screenplay and it might end up being a parody. We don't know, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see what I end up writing. And lastly, TJMC2 wrote, the graphics are too good for the 50s. Hey, you're not wrong there, mate, but you're what are you going to do? You know what? Out of all the graphics in this movie, I was mortified by the green mist in the sky that killed all the children. Why, like, isn't you were genuinely scared of it? Or Mate, the- that shit scared me in Prince of Egypt. It still scared me now, even watching that's one of the best. Movie. That's one of the best segments, like, oh. in Prince of Egypt, and probably in this film as well. Like, Even though people oh. die shitty deaths, like a guy just literally just collapses on the floor and is like, my lord. <laughs> just yeah, I like out. that. I probably like that scene better in Prince of Egypt just because it's mm. so eerie and awful. Oh. And you're like, oh. But Nathan, that is the Prince of Egypt. That, that is the that Prince is of Egypt. The- <laughs> isn't it the Prince of Egypt, Brenton? That wonderful <laughs> film we talked about 40 episodes ago. Oh, wait. Ago. Oh, wait. Well, wait. Isn't it uh, Exodus Gods and Kings? Is yeah. Yeah. It- Oh, we should have done that. You know what we should have done today? We should have just like segued into chatting about all these fucking films about the Exodus, just like, and see if anyone noticed. Should have like done an episode on Veggie Tales, just like. You know. Oh, don't get me started on Veggie Tales. I tell you what, but Brenton, our work is not done. <laughs> no, because <laughs> like, um, that look of resignation in your eyes, like. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm looking forward to this actually because same actually, guys. Yeah. We've 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 reached another decade. We've you know we've 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 reached another ten year milestone, which means that we then look at look back at our last ten reviews and uh it just gives us a chance to like decide whether like you know we stand by our opinions or it gives us the opportunity mm. with the benefit of hindsight yeah exactly exactly if anyone's so Nathan- keeping track of this like we certainly are but like <laughs> but if, if you want if you don't listen to all 10 episodes you want to get a quick snippet of what we think then this is it definitely definitely so nathan right. do you want to kick us off let's go episode 60 we we watched american pie and brenton a house divided cannot stand, and so we collapsed because you said no, and I said yes to American Pie. Bren, what do you think now? Oh, I still stand by my no. Definitely. What? Yeah, like wholeheartedly. Yeah, no. Nah. It's a good movie. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. All right, go back to that episode if you want to see. Do you why. still stand by? Do you, do you still stand by your opinion on American Pie? Are you pie? kidding? Is the sky blue, Brenton? Of course, I'm giving like American Pie. Yes, it's so worth your time. I want to hear. F- I want to hear stories from our listeners of family movie nights where they watch American Pie. Well, hey man, you can. Our audience can tweet those stories at us. They can comment uh, on on our on our YouTube page. Uh, or they can email us as well. Um, you know, so <laughs> they, they email us like like a, like a court order saying like, <laughs> my family's now split because of this recommendation. <laughs> Nathan's episode sixty one. We reviewed Inspector Gadget, and uh, mm. it was no longer a house divided as we both gave it a thumbs down. We did. Nathan, this is a funny one because at the same time, whilst I think it deserves the thumbs down, and I'm probably not going to change that rating. It's one of those films that it's like there's moments in it that are just like so like fucking ridiculous and stupid oh. that it's still entertaining. It sticks uh, with you, doesn't it? It does, yeah. So, like, it's entertaining, and I'll probably watch it again one day, but um, <laughs> but not for the reasons that make it a good film. Um, no, just because you want to have a laugh at fucking Matthew Broderick's, like, disabled head, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 62, we also gave it a thumbs down. It was Licensed to Kill. That iconic Bond story. I don't even... Who was the Bond in that one? Was it, like, Timothy Dalton, or, like... I can't remember. I can't even remember. Doesn't that go to show how shit that film was? What even happened? Can you name me one thing that happened in Life? It was Timothy Girl? Dalton. It was it was Timothy Dalton. 
Do you remember anything that happened in that movie? Um, I remember that he had a license, um, and it wasn't oh, driver's license. That's the one where they it's fucking parachuted into the wedding. Yeah, totally. And it like it ended with the with the sequence where um with the with the with the trucks and there was the the cocaine oh, that was right. like that was in and the Benicio petrol Del Toro, or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. What's the line he says at the start of that film? Like, it's like the and he like has that one word and he like goes ooh. <laughs> oh no! Is it honeymoon? He's like, is he on your honeymoon <laughs> or oh, something like that? Something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Jeez. Uh, Nathan, this is still still thumbs down. Like, like the Bond franchise has got to do something, man, to get me on board because it's. <sighs> we need a good one. We need a real good one, Brenton. It's I'm still breaking optimistic. me. It's breaking me because like this this series that we're doing with Bond is just like it's not doing it for me and. Uh, Come on, guys. I, I, I need something to get me into this <laughs> Come franchise. Come on, MGM. <laughs> Start delivering. Um, 63, we did Pulp Fiction. We both liked it. Anything there? Yeah, no thumbs down. No, no. God, Oh, no. God. <laughs> I was like, you serious. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, of course. This is a thumbs up for me, for sure. I mean, we've also both seen Hollywood as well now. So, like, how does that hold up compared to Hollywood? Uh, I don't know. I really liked Hollywood. You did, Really liked you? Hollywood. Yeah. Officially, listeners, I didn't. I thought it was fine. Oh, it was really good. But that's that's a podcast for another day, isn't it, Brendan? Yeah, yeah. We've got to wait twenty years for that review. So oh, you geez, know, can you imagine? Two hands. Um, we both gave it a thumbs up. Yeah, man, I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed fucking that love one. that movie. Yeah, the more dude. I think about it, the more I love it. Yeah, it was a good time. I fucking love it. Ah, oh, I just want to meet Rose Byrne just to chat to her about that movie. Yeah, dude, about her costuming, about her hair, you know. Oh. About a, about a performance, about working with Heath, you know, like... It's such a good movie. I'm so glad. Like, especially when we find an Australian gem. I, I love it. Yeah, like, I do too. Uh, the only thing, again, in that film was, like, some of the stuff with the narrator in that film was a bit shit, but, you know, oh, you can what you going to do? What you going to do? Speaking of which, the narrator in uh, the narrator in uh, Ten Commandments, we didn't talk about much. Uh, we oh, didn't talk about Cecil B. himself just being like, and so what was this? Yeah. Yeah, we got it, Cecile. Um, <laughs> 65, <laughs> Court Jester. Dude, I gave it a thumbs up. You gave it a thumbs down. Where mm. do you stand? You know what? The more I think about Court Jester, the more fun I had with it. But I can't see I can't see people outside. Because, you know, we're slowly getting biased, Brenton, with these old movies. Because also we chat about them a lot. We're slowly building up a taste for them. So, like, i got to stay impartial, buddy. Also, I remember the night that we watched this movie and that alone is biased. So, no, i got to give it a thumbs down still. There's no way I can give it we a We had yes. a good night watching The Court Jester. Like, we had, a, we had was, a brilliant night watching The Court that was, Jester. That was such a fun time. Oh. Mate, I I, lo- I really like this movie. I really like this movie. It, it stays with a thumbs up from me. I think it's worth oh, a watch. Sure. Well, let's go back into Unity because North by Northwest for 66, we gave a thumbs up. Yeah, man. Yeah, we did. It's pretty good. I think the more I think about it, though, I think it's good. It's really, really good. But I still think if you're going to watch Hitchcock, I would recommend Rear Window over this. Yeah, probably. I'd probably agree with that. But I still think it's fantastic. Oh, Love this movie. Great. Thumbs up from me. God, yes. Let's go. Good time. Oh. Um, 67 was a seven seasons, so we jump past that. 68. Dr. Zhivago, we both gave thumbs up. Mate, I convinced you to give a thumbs up for this as well. You did. You boyed me. I tipped you over the head. Dude. I don't know, man. Yeah, dude. It's a thumbs up for me. Like, I think it's great. (sighs) I don't know. I don't think about the movie. Like, I don't know. I don't think people should watch it these days. I just, I can't. It's, the more I think about it, though, dude, the more I think I'd watch Dr. Zhivago over the Ten Commandments. Mm, it's funny. I think I had a better time with Ten Commandments because I think more shit was happening because Zhivago is just all them standing around just complaining about Russia, whereas, like, Ten Commandments is actual shit happening. I don't know. 
But I think Zhivago is probably better. I agree. I don't know. I'm contradicting myself here. You can put it in thumbs down, dude. You can put a thumbs down if you like. I like. There's okay, no watch Zhivago, but watch it like put it down on your list. Like watch a lot of other movies we put thumbs up before before this. Like, like get ready for it. Like yeah. By the way, quick tangent. Once we hit a hundred episodes, are we gonna do like a full? Let's go through our last hundred episodes and see if oh. we help. Dude, because that would be so much fun. Like, Do we have to? <laughs> dude, that would be wild. Like, even if it was like a half an hour special or something and we just like went through. We just chew just... through 100. Yeah. We, we should do, I think, well, 100 we re- we have reserved for Rocky Five. I mean. Yes, definitely. Oh my we, God, that, I can't wait. I know, I'm so excited for that. We're still oh like 30 God. fucking episodes from Rocky Five, So we're still like, I don't know, like what's that? Like half a year off from Rocky Five, so we got a while to go. Dude, I can't fucking wait, dude. That's gonna be that's gonna be a that episode's gonna be wild. It's gonna be cooked. It's gonna, oh, it's be, gonna crazy. be absolutely wild. Because it's the last one as well before the series one went on hiatus before like so Rocky sad. Balboa was made. So like I wanna know what sunk that ship, you know what I mean? I I know what you mean. I wanna know what happened to the sex robot. But um anyway, I know what we're gonna do for hundred. We'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Episode sixty nine was Chinatown. I gave it a thumbs up. You gave it a thumbs down because mm. uh, I'm not sure why you did that, but hey, that's your opinion. Um <laughs> But that's your opinion, man. Ah uh, Are you gonna change your rating, Brenton? Mate, I like this movie the more and more I think about it. I can't mm. oh it's just fantastic, dude. It's really good. You know what? Even the more I think about it, I'm kind of warming up to it. But like, you had such like a guttural reaction to it, though. Like, you had such a response to that film. Like, it made you mm. angry. It made you emotional. It did. Yeah. You know what? I stick by that thumbs down because you know. I remember you sent me a message after we did the episode, and you sent me like this like video essay of like all like the fucking greatest things about Chinatown, and like. I sat through it and this like fucking film critic, whoever it was, like raised all these points about, oh, it's like the greatest screenplay and like, so then, and, like, all, like legitimate reasons. And all I could think the whole time was like, they didn't show Chinatown until the end. The <laughs> ending made me so fucking angry. I just wanted to see Chinatown, more of this movie. I don't give a shit about the water crisis in LA, one star. Nope, thumbs down. Nathan, but you, spoiler alert for Chinatown, you did get to see Chinatown at the end, though. Not enough, Brenton. I wanted I wanted China levels of Chinatown. Well, Nathan, that that was our 60s that we just uh, re-reviewed. That was our, so. our swinging 60s, as it were. It's a good time. We had no changes, too. We got it spot on, I think. No. Yeah, we did look at us. We're, our craft is showing. We're going from, you know, horse shit to, like, you know, maybe hamster shits, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day we'll reach the level when we're like, you know, not using the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, um, I can't even think of the word right now. Isn't that great? That's, um, that's our 60s. That's the Ten Commandments and on towards, on to our 70s, Brenton. Here's hoping for better movies. Nathan, it's a chamber pot. It was the chamber pot joke I was going to make again. Ha ha ha. All right, guys. <laughs> bye. It's almost like, Brenton, no, you, you don't need to go in the chamber pot. Brenton, get, get out of that. Come on. I just want to take a poo. Come on. I want to throw it at you.